What's up, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. Super good to be with you. This is part two of our education uh, episode where we're talking about just Jesus care about our child's education. Uh, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I would definitely recommend that you go back and listen to that one first before you dive into today's episode. Um, but today I have Layla, my wife, joining me. She pops in every now and then. Um, she's really the champion and the uh, spearhead behind our child's educate our children's education. So it wouldn't make sense for me to record this sec- <clears throat> the second excuse me second podcast without her in on it. So uh, super excited to have her back on today's episode. Uh, if you haven't checked out my friends over at Marriage After God, definitely go check out their podcast and what they're doing. Uh, this last week, Aaron shared very very vulnerably about uh, a past addiction that he had to pornography how he walked through that with his wife. His wife and he both spent time talking about this on that last episode. And it's really, really vulnerable. And it's really powerful stuff. I saw some people respond to that episode uh, and men especially and talking about how it was very life-changing for them to hear Aaron process that stuff. So uh, if you haven't gone over, check out Marriage After God podcast, hit the subscribe button. Uh, I think it's going to be really beneficial to you. But uh, let's dive in. You can hear my kids going crazy in the background. I just got home yesterday from the Como Christian Men's Conference in Missouri. It was amazing. If you are a brand new listener as a result of that podcast, thanks so much for hanging out. Go sh- be sure to go over to dadtire.com, click the community tab, and it will link you over to a closed group we have over on Facebook um, so that you can get plugged into that community. But super glad to have you guys part of the Dad Tired family now. Uh, and let's talk about education and does Jesus care about our child's education? Part two. Layla Lopez, super glad to have you back. Thank you. That's Uh, why we're not putting our kids in public school. They get mispronounced all the time. Yes. Layla won this huge award, uh, (laughs) like this it was just a really big award at the hospital and nursing award, nursing award, nationally recognized. We had been looking forward to the award ceremony for months. And then it was like a nice event. We dressed up. Everybody was dressed up. Steak dinner. It's good food. Anyway, they finally get to the big award where they're going to recognize her for like changing lives. And they say, Lilia Lopez, come on down. Yep. <laughs> and I paused and I looked around because... My name is Layla Lopes. So I didn't know if they were calling my name or if there was somebody else named Lilia Lopez. <laughs> and I realized that was that was my award. There are people who are listening to this podcast who've probably been listening for like three years now who still think my last name is Lopez. Probably. Um, I just got back from speaking at an event in Missouri and uh, I think everybody there called me Lopez. The guy that was like introducing everybody probably four times asked me how to pronounce my last name. <laughs> I always say like slopes. You wouldn't say slopez. Cantaloupes. You wouldn't say cantaloupes. Envelopes. Envelopes. Antelopes. Antelopes. Oh, bless you, baby. We've got a baby on the lap um, that we're trying to keep quiet for 20 minutes. We'll see. That's impossible to do with a newborn. We've got a seven-year-old son who promised to sit quietly on the bed, but here he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got a five-year-old daughter giving herself a bath. <laughs> Uh, so we can make this happen. So we should probably dive in, uh, cause we're going to, we've got a bunch of ticking time bombs. Although there are a bunch of moms who listen to the podcast. Actually, I just saw a review, um, come in on iTunes 
And um, not that I check reviews all the time because my identity is not rooted in the <laughs> reviews. that. <laughs> <laughs> but once in a while. You once in a while, I'll peek in <laughs> and check to see what people are saying. And a mom just wrote in. So for you, mom, wife that just listened in and left a review, thanks. Seriously means the world. Um, but there, I, th- I do think there are a lot of moms who listen on the podcast. And so they're probably really curious how you're doing because they haven't heard from you since um, post Oh, yeah. Ella, girl. Yeah, so I'm a mom of a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and just about two months already. And I feel pretty good, actually. I had a lot of um, a lot of postpartum anxiety after Elijah and Eden. And uh, for some reason, this time around, I did better. I was a little anxious going into it, wondering how I would do after she was born. Because, I don't know, I'm kind of a mess after I have babies emotionally. But, um, yeah, this one, I think... I don't know. Do you think I did all right? I think you've done great. I think I did I think all right. you've mentally prepared a lot more, like you yeah. were mentally in a good spot, like telling yourself. Um, I got this. I can do this. it. Yeah. I can do it. But you are crazy after babies, emotionally yeah, sometimes. Thank you. But you've done great. It's hard. It's hard work. Emotionally, physically. Yeah. You're tired. It's all right to be crazy afterward. It's all right. Yeah. Um, husbands, just... Give your wife some space to be a little bit cray-cray after the babies. Yeah, that's true. That was a big help. Jared kept saying, what can I do to serve you? What can I do to serve you? Just sit down and feed the baby. You don't need to do anything else. And that helped me feel like I didn't need to do anything else, which helped with my craziness. Hmm. Because you do. You have to decide, am I going to feed the baby? Or I mean, after I feed the baby and she sleeps, should I take a shower? Should I clean the house? Should I make dinner? Should I play with my other kids? Should I snuggle with my husband? It's hard to it's hard to do it all. So it felt good to have Jared tell me all the time I don't need to do any of it. Just feed the baby. Yep. That's your only that role. Nice. Sleep and feed the baby. Yeah, that helped. So husbands, you should uh do that. Yeah. Um remember after so after Elijah, because uh, you're strong. You're a strong woman. Thank you. It, it takes a lot for you to cry. It takes a lot for you to like get emotional. I mean you're you feel emotions deeply for a lot of things, but um, you're not like, um, you don't, don't lose react. control yeah, of your emotions. emotions. Yeah. True. Um, but I remember right after Elijah, I don't, he had to be like weeks old and we were laying in bed. We had just put him to sleep and then you just started bawling. And I was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like we just watched This Is Us last night. Uh, if, for those of you that watch This Is Us, I know there's a lot of you who watch that show. Um, and what's that? Toby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. his wife started crying. And uh, it's like five minutes of uncontrolled crying. He's like, is this a good cry or a bad cry? He had to call her twin and say, Kate's crying. What do I do? <laughs> yeah. But that's what I felt on that She's day. I was pregnant. Yeah. Oh, I hope that. Spoiler alert. Oh. No. Surely you guys are all caught up. Yeah. She's pregnant. That's cool. Anyway. You just started bawling, and I'm like, "Is this a good cry? Is this a bad cry?" And then, uh, and then, she, <laughs> and then you were like, "I'm like, babe, what's wrong? What's going on?" And you're like, "I don't think that we're. Do you think we're raising Elijah to love Jesus?" <laughs> yeah, I remember that because we didn't pray with him before bed. He was like three weeks old. I know, but it still felt like we were failing <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Oh, but we're off to a bad start. We haven't been praying with him and singing 
I don't know, Jesus songs. Oh my gosh. That was like the last thing Seemed I expe- <laughs> expected you to. I thought something way more serious was going to come on. Like we're that three weeks. Serious. It is. Well, a lot of time to catch up on the whole training him in righteousness thing. He's three weeks old. Well, uh, anyway. He turned out so far. He's turning out. Well, all right, let's dive in. So today, last week, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, highly recommend that you go back and listen to that. Um, a lot of people asked... Um, me to record an episode on homeschooling specifically um, because they know that we homeschool. I have been hesitant to record an episode on homeschooling uh, because I don't feel like we are experts at all. We've only, this is only our second year doing it. Uh, I totally feel like we're stumbling through it and trying to figure it out. So I've been like, I don't know. I didn't really want to share, do a podcast because I don't feel like I really know what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, I put together some thoughts last week on just like education in general, like what is our goal as parents to um, when we're thinking through education. If you haven't listened to that episode, like it, it's definitely much more important, I think, than the stuff we're going to talk about in this episode, because this episode is really practical stuff regarding homeschool specifically. So if you've been considering homeschool or you just want to like know what your friends might be thinking as they're homeschooling, this episode will be helpful for you. Uh, if you're a homeschooling parent and you're like crushing it, you're probably going to judge us because we don't know what we're really doing. We are not crushing it. Yeah. Um, but we're just going to give like our very um, practical um, real life experience and what it's been like for us in the last two years. And on Instagram, I had people ask, what are your, what are some of the, like your top questions or uh, what are the questions that come to mind for you when you're thinking of homeschooling? And I just compiled those. I probably got like 50 of them. A lot of them had similar um, you know, strains of strands of thinking strains. I shouldn't homeschool. I don't know. What the- <laughs> <laughs> you don't speak English good. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I compiled those and I think I've, we've got like six questions here that we're going to tackle. They're like the six top questions that people ask when thinking through homeschooling. Ella is sneezing away. All right. So babe, what's the first one? Um, it says, why did you guys decide to homeschool? Okay, so I'll answer that for me, and then if you um, have anything different to say, just chime in on that. Um, We both, before I think we had kids, and even when we had Elijah, um, we both had planned public school. Um, That was like our game plan as far as educating our kids. I think maybe we considered a private school, but not really because we couldn't afford any kind of private school. So... um, Plus, I went to a private school. We were both educated in the public school system um, for our whole lives. And my senior year of high school, I went to a private school and I actually didn't really like it. Um, Like I wouldn't have thought I want to put my kids in a private school because. um, Yeah, you always said I wanted to put our kids in a in a. Uh, private school um, when they were you know babies I thought that they would and you kind of talked me out of it <laughs> just based on your experience it just not what it's cracked up to be or what other people expect it to be yeah and obviously I don't know all private schools sure. oh, but I'm the, sure there's great ones yeah, yeah. The, pr- the private school I went to um, one I didn't feel like the education was that much better if at all better than the pr- public school I was going to um, and also, I just found that kids were actually more creative in the ways that they sinned <laughs> in private school. In public school, like w- they were really like obvious in their sins and weren't like bashful because they weren't claiming to be Christ. But it was interesting going to a Christian private school where people were, you know, everyone's Christian, but yet 
we're all really jacked up teenagers and we're just like got more creative on how to hide our sin and all of our crap. So sorry, son, I shouldn't have said that bad word. word in front of you. Um, that public school education. Yeah, man. Um, so anyway, public school was like always the thing that we thought we would do. Um, but the reason we ended up going, uh, homeschool is because we had some friends who we, I think, if I remember right, baby, you know, my memory's kind of jacked up, but yeah. the way that I remember it is we had these friends who like had five kids, four or five kids, and they were all super smart. We had, had we had, had some exposure to families who would, were homeschooling their kids and they were like really impressive. Right. They were impressive mm-hmm. in, in what they knew. Like they were in really, a lot of ways. In a, right. Yeah. They were smart kids. They were respectful kids. Mm-hmm. They were not socially awkward kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that just kind of caught our attention. And then I remember one family in particular, um, we would interact with them and their kids were just like that kind of great kids. Yeah. Just great kids. Super talented. And, um, yeah, they were able to, I could tell just really grow in what interested them. Like one of them was an, an artist and she's actually done really, she graduated and, um, has done some really cool things. Um, and she just had the opportunity to really hone in on that. Um, passion of hers and that skill and she's done like I said just done amazing things yeah and so I remember thinking like or even asking like what are you guys doing like how are you why are your kids so awesome like (laughs) obviously Mm -hmm. all your kids are just different and they're normal kids who struggle with normal stuff but in general you guys seem to have really uh, awesome kids who are smart and um, just really talented and love Jesus character love Jesus respectful yeah, and that's how we got introduced to and homeschooling. Yeah. yeah, and they could talk to adults, which was really impressive. You know, like they were a lot of kids have a hard time like interacting with adults. That wasn't didn't seem to be a problem for them at all. Anyway, that's how we originally got introduced to homeschooling. We both were like, I don't think we could do this at all. We had an idea in our mind that we would be like teachers in our house, where we would like set up a desk in the living room, and we'd wake <laughs> have up a blackboard. Have a blackboard. Do people still use blackboards? I don't know. Um, wake up at like eight, do the scheduled teaching while they sit at a desk and like we teach them, which is turns out not at all what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like started to reshape our thinking of what homeschooling is. They're like, at the, you're just taking the normal classroom setting <clears throat> and you're plopping it into your house, which is not at all not how kids, yeah. yeah, kids don't learn best that way by sitting at desks and just being spoken to. Um, so that's how we originally started getting homeschooling. We, we, I think we visited a co-op, which is just like a community of families who are homeschooling together through the same material. And we're really impressed by those. Cause I remember the first co-op actually that we ever went to with Elijah and, um, we get there, <laughs> I remember this, we get there, it's all like six and seven year olds and the material that they're going through. I literally didn't know the answer to anything mm-hmm. that they were saying. Not one thing like they six and seven year olds. The 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 Their geography, math, Latin, and we kind of looked at each other like, "Whoa, what's wrong with our kids?" There's no <laughs> way they could learn what these kids are going through right now. Five, six, seven year olds that are just like no world geography, U.S. geography, Latin, math, facts, history, history, sentences. Uh, I didn't know any pretty, of it. I, I was like, either. "What the heck?" I don't know an. As they were going through it, I didn't know the answer to any single question that the tutor was asking. Um, 
which can be discouraging because then it feels like, well, how can I teach it if I don't know it? Right. But that's what's cool about homeschooling is that you are, they just call, at least our co-op calls it, you're the lead learner. So I, we literally have just learned right alongside our kids. Mm-hmm. It's redeeming my education too, because I, like I said, I didn't know any of that stuff. And so, um, yeah, getting to learn it alongside Elijah and Eden, my seven-year-old and five-year-old, and um, it's been great. Yeah. So that kind of goes into the next question, which is what what curriculum do we use? There's all kinds of, there's hundreds and hundreds of ways that people homeschool their kids. People do unschooling, mm-hmm. there's Charlotte Mason. Some people just pick random a math curriculum, pick a random language arts, pick a random history curriculum. You can find it for anything, anywhere. There's Amazon. even public school, homeschool. Oh yeah, public so. school online at home. Yeah. There's yeah, there's a million things. What we decided to go with was classical conversations, but you kind of led the charge on picking that. So yeah, what, I did. A, once I started looking into or even realizing that maybe homeschool is something we could do, um, I started doing research and like what's the best way um, to do homeschool, I guess. And I kind of got stuck on the classical model of learning. Um, it just seems to really make sense with the way that a child's brain develops in the way that they're created to learn. Um, And so that deciding on the classical education model led me to what we're currently using, um, which is classical conversations. Yeah. I think the other thing, going back to why we picked it, you work two days a week. Yeah. I work from home. And we thought in these foundational years for our kids' lives, we don't know if we'll homeschool forever. Um, We take it one year at a time. Um, sometimes one hour at a time. Um, but for these early years, we have the opportunity because of our schedules to do this. And like I talked about in last week's episode, that's not the reality for every family. And that's okay. Like that, uh, some people have asked, like, how does this even possible if mom and dad both work? And truth is, it's, pro- it's probably not possible for that season of your life. Um, and that doesn't mean you're like in some other category of parenting or Christianity, right? It's just, that's, that's your reality. So, um, that was one of the reasons that we thought we were, we could consider it is because of our, because of our schedules. Some people make it work though. There's, there's moms in our group that work as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but they do. Yeah. And their kids are awesome. Yep. Um, and we love the idea of like personalized when thinking through discipling our kids, like personalized, um, I know each of their personalities really, really well, and we can cater to their personalities really well. We know what their strengths and their weaknesses are. And when we're thinking through education and discipleship and just forming their character, um, having eight to 10 hours a day at home where we can help shape that and kind of hold the mirror up to them and say, okay, here's who God's designed you to be and who we see God designing you to be uniquely. Um, that That's just a r- big advantage in the homeschool models that you get to do that. You get to have the time to do that and really tailor their education specifically to the way that the child is uniquely designed. And being having the freedom to show your child God's role in history and in math and in science and all of that. And just, you know, why did God, you know, why do you think God designed um, this animal this way or you know and then tie it back to some biblical story or whatever you just have the freedom to do that um you know math and the order um how god is a god of order not chaos and how math really reflects that and science and how creation um was designed is not chaotic it's very intentional and beautiful and yeah just as parents having the freedom to discuss those things 
which is awesome. But some people, some of the pushback uh, or maybe questions that people have for homeschooling Christian families is like, if you take your kids out of the public school system, who's going to tell the public school kids who don't know Jesus about Jesus? Um, which is a very legitimate question. That was actually one of the reasons we wanted to homeschool is because we thought through... Public school, you mean? Uh, public school, yeah, yeah. When we originally, before we... Like sending your little five-year-old missionary into yeah. a public school. Yeah, that I love that idea. I really do love... And I, and I believe God is a God who sends and he's always sending his people into brokenness to bring salt and light into a broken world. And I love the idea of doing that. Um, I think what we realized is... Um, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old aren't always ready to be sent out as missionaries. Um, and the way that I've thought about it more, most recently is there's a lot of um, like new Christians. If somebody just came to our church and they just surrendered their life to Christ and they're early on in their faith journey, last thing I'm going to do is like, hey, bro, I'm going to fund you and send you to Africa to go spread the love of Christ there and to build churches and to like raise God's kingdom. Um, not that that can't happen or God couldn't use them, but also they need like a season of being developed <laughs> and to learn and to grow. And so there's just like timing of sending out missionaries. And for a five and a seven and an eight, even like a 10 year old, 12 year old. They still have plenty of opportunity to be the light. Right. And they will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and they, they have they have it now. Uh, we don't totally isolate our kids from the world. Um, but we're also trying to train them and like their, their most foundational years to really grow in godliness. And what does it look like? Uh, mainly when we still have like a voice in their life, when they actually still listen to us and, and we are the main shapers of their, um, character outside of the way that God's designed them. We are the main influence in their life. And, uh, so I, I fully plan on having my kids and, and I think that we even raise our kids right now to see themselves as missionaries in our neighborhood and on their YMCA basketball team and when they play oh, soccer. Every day there's I, opportunity, yeah. That's a big question we get is like, aren't you isolating your kid, you know, or socialization? I know we'll talk about that later, but just on Saturday, Elijah had his last basketball game and he came over and whispered in my ear that some of the kids on the court were saying kind of mean things and rude things to him about um, about the game and um and so it was right there in that moment was an opportunity to kind of disciple his heart. And how do we treat, how do we treat that boy when he's speaking unkindly to you? How can we respond? How can we show him love in that moment? Yeah. There's no lack of uh, missionary opportunities. So, uh, so just because you take your kids out of public school doesn't mean they are not missionaries in a, in a broken world. Um, I think would be the most succinct yeah. way of answering that question. So if you're going to send them to public school, that's awesome, but don't let, them being missionaries be the reason that you're doing it. Yeah. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. Um, so I guess the socialization is like, so when you and I, you're, how old are you, babe? Like 50? Oh my gosh. Are you <laughs> kidding me? 30 something. Give us the answer, babe. A lot of people are going to want to know this. I'm 34. Dang. You're almost out of the age demographic that we were trying to reach. As a Why are you talking to me like I am out of the... What You're about old. you? You're over here robbing cradles, mama. 34. And I'm 26. Is, you are not. Gross. Body's 26. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm 31. Layla is just a cougar over here at 34 years old. You're 32, aren't you? 
Not yet. Appreciate you remembering my birthday. P.S. Our anniversary is like next week. Did you buy me something? Based on the way you just looked at me, you didn't even know it was next week, did you? Listen, I have a newborn. It's hard for me to keep track. But you're right. Nine years next week. Holy cow. Somebody. uh, January 30th. Somebody. Yeah. Somebody just this weekend asked me how long we've been married. And I'm like, well, I think it's coming up on nine years. And I was like, next week. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, happy anniversary in case I forget. Yes. Just kidding. It's a big deal. We should remember. Can I take you on a cruise? No. No, thank you. Okay. Uh, so curriculum we use. Specifically no, we're so us. far back on that question. That's like six questions ago. Well, it's not. Where Just real at? quick. We're using classical conversations. There's a million different ones that you can use. I like classical conversations because um, it provides me with the weekly structure um i don't think i could do it without some sort of structure some moms can just like create their own curriculum by taking bits and parts of other curriculums but um classical conversations actually gives you here's your history week um sentence here's your science sentence here's your latin math facts all that stuff so i love that it's provided um provided for me and it's really it really is like very manageable in the sense that we every Wednesday meet with our co-op, which is like yeah, you get together with a bunch of other families that are homeschooling. Yeah, yeah, and they have um, there's a tutor, so basically like another mom teacher that leads the the sentence for the week, and they um, will do a science project. They'll do art projects. Um, we have a, a short section of tin whistles, so they get to learn just really basics about music. Um, and uh, yeah, so Wednesdays they have lunch together and recess together. Um, so it's kind of a nice mix of um, seeing how other tutor moms will lead the um, this the history, the memorization for the week, and then um, and then what's also cool is when you get home for the other six days of the week, you decide how deep into those you know that history sentence you want to go. This week, for example, we learned about the Kush and how they. Um, panned for gold in the Nile River from this year to this year. Um, so as mom, I can decide, do we want to go to the library, check out some books on the Kush, or just simply leave it at memorizing that history sentence? It's totally up to you based on what you think their little brains can handle um, and what interests them. That's another cool thing is education is totally tailored on what interests your child, which is really, really cool. Yeah, so like we can take that sentence so we'll learn we'll learn the subject matter on wednesday as we're with everybody at the co-op our co-op meets on wednesday and then all week we're kind of diving into that same material and we're just kind of going over that same material and then we can tailor it like you just said over their personality so eden loves to draw they're both Mm -hmm. kind of in drawing so like okay let's draw the nile river you Mm -hmm. they were literally just doing that at the kitchen table as we ate lunch an hour ago so um let's go into the next question um Get past curriculum. Shouldn't we leave teaching up to the professionals? That's a question we hear a lot. Like you're Layla, you didn't get an education or in education, and right. I didn't I'm even not get a teacher. A, you're not a teacher. I'm not a teacher uh, of school. Right. <laughs> I did not get my teaching degree. Right. So, are we qualified to teach our kids? No one knows my babies better than I do, so I think that gives us one leg up. Great answer. Dang. Thank you. <laughs> but that's true. Who, who, you know, when you, and I feel so bad, the teachers are so, the public school teachers, especially 
just what an incredible job and like what a huge task they're given. Um, they have, you know, one teacher, maybe two um, for what, 30 kids. And um, there's just no possible way that the teacher can know my child um, and the way that he learns or she learns um, the way that we can at home. And so um, they are awesome at classroom management as best they can with all those kids. Um, but it just really makes it hard, I think, um, for them to to hone in on the, each skill and struggle of each individual child. So that's something that we get to do at home as mom and dad um, is just teach the way that your child learns best. Every child's brain is so different. There's just no way that a classroom full of 30 plus kids is going to um, each strive um, to their full potential. It's just not possible. As as great as the public teachers do, the public school teachers do, it's just not possible. Yep. And we would both agree that public school teachers, all of them need a raise. Oh my gosh, um, They're yes. just putting in so much work and like have such a huge... Job and so and many of the kids do great. Mm -hmm. I mean, I made it out. I got my education. I think I turned out all right, you yep. know. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's that's hard work for those teachers. Yep. Um, I was gonna say something else, but I totally forgot. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, yeah. Oh, the, I, we have a lot of friends who are public school teachers, and oh, they're yeah. and they're talking about like they feel stressed. They feel stressed. Their classroom oh, sizes course. are growing. Budgets are getting cut. Their expectations, are, expectations higher. are higher. Like you need to meet the standardized test or the school doesn't get funding. And they just feel stressed. Like they don't, they're not being, they're not able to teach the kids in the, even the way that they would like to be teaching the kids. Um, it's amazing how many public school teachers are now homeschool right. um, parents. Um, I should pick their brains and see what made them transition yeah. um, from the public school to, to homeschooling their child. But yep. On Instagram, I just wrote a post about homeschooling and a lot of, uh, there was actually a lot of responses in there from yeah, former public from school ton, teachers yeah, you bet. who when are I now go to homeschooling. The, when I go to the homeschool practicums, it's amazing how many former public school teachers are now homeschooling their child. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. What's and the just the statistics, sorry. Homeschool kids um, just really do well academically, which I think is really neat. Um, if you ever, there are different, um, you could just look it up, but basically look up the statistics of, um, you know, scoring for homeschool kids. It's not all about scores. If anything, if we fail at all the things, math, history, science, I don't care, but as long as their character and heart and all that, they love Jesus, we, we made it. But, but it is kind of cool also <laughs> to see how well, um, homeschool students do, um, on standardized tests and their SATs and college entry, exams um they usually i don't know if i could say usually but uh yeah actually usually <laughs> they um they just kill it yeah so let's end on just that thought because a lot of people thought like are they going to get as good of education will they still have a chance at at college and good colleges and the truth is just even just in our little classical conversations community which is not very little actually there's, there's a facebook group with like tens of thousands of yeah. um classical conversation parents and they'll um, you could just ask that question and all the moms, um, or you can even look that statistic up online too. They're doing great. They're just, they're yeah, doing getting great. into college is not a problem. Yeah. The homeschool kids are doing great. And, and I think to kind of last thing here is, um, 
homeschooling now, 2019 is so different than when you and I were kids. Like you you could easily point out like the homeschool kid. Uh, High water, sweatpants, (laughs) and that's okay. (laughs) Um, uh, But I I think it's just so much different. The resources that are available, the the co-ops, the amount of people who are choosing homeschool um, over the traditional education. Hey, oh, 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 right oh, into the mud. Sorry. Um, what are you mad? Yeah. So I, I just it, it, it's not like these kids who are like haven't seen uh, other humans in 15 years, and then they're just sent out into the world. Really smart, sharp kids. Um, anyway, there's a million ways to do it. The cost totally depends on what state you're in, what curriculum you choose. But we're not super rich and no, by all. any means, and we, uh, we're we not paying thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, I think realistically for people who are, Layla might have to bail here. Um, thanks, babe, for hanging out. Yeah. Thanks, Ella, for letting us get a few minutes in. Um, I think we're, we we meant to go on and check exactly how much we've it's been paying. A, yeah, I think for, well, and again, it totally depends on what you choose to do. But for us specifically, which is all we can speak to, classical conversations, I think the tuition itself is like a couple hundred bucks, like three, somewhere around 350 per kid, per for, kid the for the whole year. Yeah. Um, so if you compare that to any sort of, um, you know, private, education it's significantly cheaper there's some other fees like a you know an application fee and then um supply fee you know just because they really do really neat artwork every week science projects every week we've dissected crawdads my seven-year-old and five-year-old know the anatomy of a crawdad owl pellets um anyway all that of course costs money but significantly cheaper than uh, it's not a, yeah it's not outrageous and the bonus is you get to have your babies home with you all the time which i love yeah and it's exhausting and it's super hard and there's times we want breaks yep but and sometimes I, I want to send them on that yellow bus and yep. <laughs> have them go to public school yep but but on those days we just don't do school whatever that's yep. the beauty of homeschool we're yeah. just not schooling today go watch octonauts <laughs> which is pretty much education yep um sweet uh, at the end of the day, I think all of this, uh, I just it does, I just will have to reiterate what we said last week. There's going to be kids who receive the best education in the world and who are far from Jesus and as disciples in his kingdom. Um, that is not a win. It's a failure. And um, for us disciples, followers of Jesus, our ultimate goal is to raise kids um, the best we can. Ultimately, God draws hearts to himself. We believe that. Um, and we're not in control of our children's salvation, but we're partnering with God in the development of their character and to point them to their creator and um, to help them fall in love with him and with a broken world that needs him. And uh, so that's what we want to win at. And um, so that uh, for whatever whatever way you decide to educate your kids, homeschool, private school, public school, unschool, man, at the end of the day, just point your kids to Jesus. That's the thing that will matter for eternity All this education stuff is just a tool in the discipleship tool belt to point our kids to the mysterious, wondrous, indescribable God of the universe. So thanks, babe. Appreciate you hanging out. One thing they don't teach in public school is manners. And I um, went to public school and I interrupted you a whole bunch. So sorry I interrupted you a bunch. (laughs) I don't think you did. I didn't notice that. Probably because you're used to it. I do it a lot. Sorry. I love you, mama. You can interrupt me anytime you want. Bless you. Amen. Let's pray. (laughs) Good job, Ella. Thanks for hanging out, you guys. Uh, Next week, we have Jefferson Bethke on the back on, Mm -hmm. uh, second time he's been on the podcast. And we're talking about fatherhood 
in 2019, what it looks like, what the biblical role of fatherhood looks like. Uh, really, really, really good interview. Super good, uh, fascinating stuff. Jefferson always has tons of wisdom to drop. So make sure you tune in next week for that. If this episode was helpful for you, make sure to like that. Uh, what do you like? Uh, that's like a YouTube. I have no idea. Uh, subscribe. Do subscribe to to iTunes. I don't know. Podcast. I don't care. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Just tell your friends about it. Uh, love you guys. We'll see you next week. Later.